Are you somebody who's been toying with the idea of this ice bath trend and are not quite sure whether it's a good fit for you? Spoiler alert. If you're a bleeding body, it's not a super great idea. Want to find out why? Join us in the episode this week as we take a look at ice baths, why they work against bleeding bodies, and what you can do instead. Hi, I'm Adrienne Irizarry. I'm an Eastern medicine practitioner who is passionate about women's health and helping women live their best lives. My goal is to put you in the driver's seat of your menstrual health, offering period solutions for a symptom-free life. Statements made in this program are for educational purposes only and not intended as a substitution for medical consultation or advice. We do not claim to diagnose, treat, or cure any diseases. This podcast is inclusive and welcomes all gender identities. The focus of the program is on biological function and we will use the term women throughout, but it is referencing physiological and social challenges for biology, not identity. Come as you are, I am happy you're here and welcome all performances of identity. I hope you find something helpful in this show. Welcome back to another episode of the Reproductive Rebel Podcast. Today, I'm tackling a topic that could make me very popular or very unpopular. I have had more questions lately about ice baths and whether you should be doing it or not doing it. And so because of the sheer volume of questions that I've had about this topic, I thought that this would be a really good opportunity to tackle it and talk about why or why not. So ice baths or these cold dips have become very popular. There was a Netflix show that came out recently. Chris Hemsworth talks about the therapeutic benefits of doing ice baths. And I've seen lots of information out there on Instagram and other places. But I thought that it would be great to talk about it from a Chinese medicine perspective and the perspective that I work with my clients. So while there are benefits for your circulation and things of this nature, a lot of people see increased recovery after athletic endeavors, things like that. Most of the people who are having these kinds of positive reportings are male. Now, there are some with females. Here's the thing. There is no conversation about whether that person is currently menstruating, whether they have issues with their menstrual cycle, all of those kinds of things. So whenever you see a woman talking about it, I'd like you to run that information through that filter. Because from a Chinese medicine perspective, ice baths are a no-go if you are a bleeding body. And there's lots of reasons for that. So Chinese medicine believes that warm feet are fertile feet, right? So that adage is something that you'll see come up in the TCM space. The belief is that the uterus needs to be warm in order to function properly. And if you are shocking the system with something like an ice bath, that is doing exactly the opposite. Now, the idea behind it is that 
if you make the system really cold, then you warm the body up. It encourages blood flow and stimulation and improved recovery time. But when you are a menstruating body, your blood kind of regulates your temperature. And if you're creating this kind of shock situation in the body, the body perceives it as crisis, kind of like being chased by a saber-toothed tiger. Heat is paramount for blood to circulate in an optimal way. So when Chinese medicine looks at menstruating bodies, they are always an advocate for warmth. So, you know, keeping the feet warm, making sure that when you put your hands on your low abdomen, your abdomen isn't radiating cold. So if you put your hands on your abdomen and your abdomen radiate cold underneath your hands, oftentimes that means that your menstrual cycle imbalances come from a pattern that they call cold in the uterus. So you don't want to allow for invasions of cold when you're a menstruating body. Things change a little bit once you get out of your menstruating years because you're not losing some of your temperature regulation system during menstruation every month. So, you know, by still, particularly if you're a kidney yang deficient person, cold is like definitely not your best friend. So, even if you're somebody that kind of runs warm, a lot of times that running warm sensation comes from yin deficiency, meaning that you need to support the fluids and substance in your body to more appropriately regulate your thermostat. So if there isn't enough coolant in the car, and I know that's a very biomechanical way of saying it, but it's a good visual illustration to be able to explain how if you don't have appropriate support of the fluids, and blood is one of those fluids that helps overall regulation of uh, temperature in the system, for example, heat starts to creep in and it's a deficient heat, right? Because there's not enough coolant in the car, so heat appears. This can show up as infections. This can show up as being overheated in the middle of the night and having to kick an arm and a leg out of the covers so you're like half covered, half uncovered. I had one client, and I'm of the same ilk, that if the blanket gets pulled up over the shoulder, you feel like you're suffocating because your shoulder is kind of where, you know, you're able to regulate your temperature a little bit. Like those kinds of things show that there's a little bit of a deficiency in heat in the system. But anyway, if you are challenging the ability for blood to flow appropriately, whether it's not supported well enough or in the case of ice bath, slowing down the way it is flowing through your body, you're opening the door for potential problems. So people have certain constitutional patterns based on the essence that they're born with from their parents. So the health of their parents sets some of the groundwork for their health as an adult. But you're not like destined to that pattern either because that is a blueprint. But the expression of that blueprint comes from your lifestyle and diet choices and things like that. So you don't necessarily have to fall victim. That's the way some people word it anyway. Fall victim to, you know, my parent had this disease or whatever, so I'm very likely going to have it. Well, 
but are you making changes that they didn't make in their lifestyle so that that expresses itself or doesn't express itself? So your lifestyle, the foods that you eat, the way that you move through the world, all of those kinds of things are supportive or deconstructive in terms of your long-term health, wellness, longevity, etc. Supporting your circulation in an optimal way is a foundational aspect of your longevity and health. From a Chinese medicine perspective, any sort of cold immersion works to the detriment of that instead of the support of it. So this is where practices like steaming, for example, pelvic steaming, which I've talked about in other episodes. And if you're curious and you're new to the show and you're not sure what pelvic steaming is, I would highly recommend you check out what is pelvic steaming, which was run in season one of the show. It gives a deeper dive into what it is, what it does, why somebody would want to do it. But pelvic steaming is a way to help support circulation. It does help with recovery because when your blood is able to flow appropriately, it is able to do all the jobs it needs to do. So this is one of the goals that's trying to be achieved by a cold bath, for example. If we shock the system and create this constriction, as the body warms, you're going to increase blood flow and circulation as warmth occurs. Well, you can create that without the shock and awe at the beginning. Pelvic steaming is one of the ways that you can do that. There's other ways, but this is one of the ways that you can do that. So supporting your body with mindful movement in every phase of your cycle, not overtaxing yourself in different phases of your cycle. So for example, I am a weightlifter. I enjoy weightlifting. I can put up a lot of weight. However, if I'm in my late luteal phase, I have to go lighter on my weight because I'm more susceptible to injury during that time frame. Does that mean I can't work out? No. Does that mean I can't weightlift? No. I weightlift pretty much my entire cycle. The only exception to that is when I am bleeding. And when I am bleeding, I'm doing other kinds of mindful movement, like a vibration plate, like going for a walk, like yoga things like this, right? So I'm still supporting my circulation. So while ice baths are this big fad right now, a lot of the action that they are trying to achieve can be achieved if you are bringing mindful practices into your life. So if you're moving in alignment with your cycle, you don't need to shock your body to create improved circulation. Even people who are athletic, who are training and doing these kinds of things, you're going to get your best training, your best performance if you are training in alignment with your cycle. Now, here, let me throw out a curveball that probably will make some of your brains overheat, and that's okay. I used to be a competitive kickboxer. And when I would compete and I was just after my period, I would always lose. I would tank. I'd be winded. Used to really piss me off. 
but my performance was just not there. If I had a match close to ovulation, a few days before it, right on ovulation or within like five days or so after it, I always won. If I was just before my period, I would suck wind like none other. I couldn't maintain proper control over my breath. My power was gone. And I, you know, it was 50-50 depending on my opponent, whether I won or not. So women's bodies really do need to be treated in a cyclical way. We really do need to be mindful of what our bodies need in each phase because it doesn't mean that we can't be athletic. It doesn't mean that we can't achieve peak performance. Actually, we do better. We perform better. We minimize being out with injury and things like this if we do things in alignment with the strengths that we have hormonally all month long. So if you are somebody who is a competitive athlete, you don't need an ice bath to shock your system to help it to recover. You just need to do things that support your circulation. And from a Chinese medicine perspective, heat is the way to do that. Because when you're yin deficient, you're sensitive to the cold. When you're yang deficient, the cold will injure your body, your body's performance. You will actually have a harder time as you progress through your life to manage your weight and to actually hold any heat at all in your system. Because the difference between yin deficient cold, I feel cold, and yang deficient, I feel cold, is the yin deficient person can put a blanket on and they're cold and their hands and feet are probably cold. But as they sit under that blanket, they warm up, they thaw out. The yang deficient person will put all of those same things on and a heating pad on their abdomen and they will still sit and shiver to the point where they feel like they're going to bite their tongue or they feel physically ill, like nauseous because they're so cold. Everything is constricting in a really uncomfortable way. Your muscles hurt. The Chinese adage is there's a cold the blanket can touch and there's a cold the blanket can't touch, right? And so yang deficient cold is the kind the blanket doesn't touch. Usually those people are absolutely next level miserable when it is cold in the wintertime. So when we're in things like heavily air-conditioned environments, or we sit on cold bleachers watching our kids play soccer or football or something like that, and we don't put something between our pelvis and the cold aluminum bleacher, the radiating of that cold because we end up spending hours and hours, I don't know about you, but anybody who has kids knows you spend hours and hours on cold bleachers. Right. And if you're not putting a pad or a blanket or something between your pelvis and that bleacher, the radiating cold that you get from that aluminum bleacher can cause cramps, can cause clots, can exacerbate 
cold in the uterus symptoms. So if just an aluminum bench can do that, can you imagine the havoc in a bleeding body? And I laugh and I don't mean to laugh if some of you are looking at this and going, man, but I feel so good after I do it. Well, the reason that you do is you're getting an increase in circulation. People who use this for pain management, it's because after the constriction, the heat that follows as the body warms up or you get into a sauna or whatever it is, the heat that follows increases your circulation. So why do we have to go with the shock factor in the first place? Let's put the focus into the heat and the increase in the circulation. Because when you're a bleeding body, and again, things do change a little bit as you get out of your bleeding years, but women's bodies in general really are not made for this kind of shock situation because it does affect our period. So sitting in a heavily air-conditioned environment, I remember working in an office building in another life before I started doing this work, and my desk was underneath this big industrial air conditioning vent. And I wore a sweater and a blanket over my legs, and I had a space heater for my feet literally the entire summer. And people would laugh at me. And I'd asked to have my desk moved because I was so brutally cold underneath that air conditioning vent. I'm like, I can't sit here. That air conditioning vent is part of my miscarriage journey. I had three miscarriages underneath that vent and had to grieve those losses not in a public way because corporate America generally does not hold space for women to have these kinds of human experiences because we're supposed to work like men and men experience their hormones in a 24-hour pattern. But the thing is, is that's not reality. Women, yes, men experience them in 24 hours, but we experience ours in 20 to 30 days. So we feel different all throughout our month. We really are more susceptible to cold. I see tons of TikTok videos where, you know, people are making jokes about, you know, women being cold and the fact that she needs 15 layers and all of these things. But there is a reason. When we start bleeding, we lose some of the coolant in our car every single month. And if we're not properly replenishing it, if we're not properly restoring it, if we're not mindfully slowing down and giving our menstrual phase the rest and restoration that it needs, we're going to be fucking cold. Because we're losing our ability to regulate our temperature to some degree. And then we're not properly replenishing afterward. This is like, and again, I'm going to use a biomechanical illustration just for illustrative purposes. Because I believe that the body is biointelligent. But for visual, 
This is like having the coolant light come on on your dashboard and ignoring it and then expecting the car to keep running perfectly with no symptoms, no issues with the light on. Now, if anybody has driven their vehicle around with any dashboard light on, you know eventually ignoring that little light comes back to bite you. And it's usually at some super inconvenient time. (laughs) At least that's the way it always seems, right? So when we're not supporting ourselves with warmth and heat and rest and proper period care, and if you don't know what that looks like, go check out the Tao of Women Institute. I have a little short mini, like 30-minute thing that talks about, it's called the period care mini course. Check that out. If you don't know how to care for yourself during your bleeding days, please check that out because how you care for yourself during those days and the three to four days immediately after for some women, if you're blood deficient, up to five days after completely changes how your body shows up for the entire month. So If we are challenging the heat in our system, your body's only going to tolerate it so long before you start becoming symptomatic. So the light is on, you're prone to getting cold, or you have circulation challenges, or maybe it's not as extreme as Raynaud's, but you are seeing, you know, cold hands, cold feet, right? Give yourself too much cold exposure you're going to start losing some of your yang. And it will show up in really big ways. You'll have a harder time managing your weight. You're going to have harder time warming yourself up and so much more. So if you take nothing from this episode (laughs) except this, please, if you are a bleeding body, do not do an ice bath. And I know that's not going to be super popular because it's a really big fad right now. And yes, there is scientific data to back up some of the therapeutic benefit. But the things that we're not looking at in these studies is the gender and age of these participants. If there are menstrual issues in female participants, because here's the thing, you can do one thing over here that helps to benefit the body, but it may not be a true support for the entire system. You may prove a point, like for example, your recovery time is better. Great. You have an increase in circulation and improves your recovery time. What else does it create in the system? Right? Chinese medicine is all about balance. If you are creating an extreme on one side, you need to balance that extreme out in another way. Ice baths are not it if you are a bleeding body. Create that increase in circulation through a sauna. Infrared saunas are fantastic. If you are blood or yin deficient, be careful how much you sweat. If you're not sure if you're blood or yin deficient, please check out my resources. I'm happy to answer questions like that so that you know how to meaningfully care for your body. But Sometimes oversweating is too much for some systems. But 
Something like an infrared sauna is going to help increase your circulation and help with recovery time. It's going to give you those same therapeutic benefits, but it is not going to do it in a kind of shocking, polarizing way that an ice bath will. So if you are a bleeding body, especially if you are a bleeding body with any intention for conception, please stay out of the ice bath because it will make your fertility journey harder. Warm uteruses hold babies. Just think about it. Babies don't thrive in the cold. They want to be warm. They want to be cuddled. They want to be close to mom's body heat. They want to be warm. Well, it happens inside you too when they're trying to grow. They need to be warm to thrive. When people are warm, they're not starving for resources in the same way, right? So everything is about balance. It's really important to remember that. So if you are looking for support with circulation, athletic recovery, any of those kinds of things, please, 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 if you are a bleeding body, check out a warm medium to help with that recovery process. Pelvic steaming is another great option because just like that seat, just like that seat that I was talking about on the aluminum bench, if you are sitting over steam, you are putting heat into the part of the body and stimulating circulation in the part of the body that typically has the most circulation challenges. Increase warmth and circulation in the pelvic floor. Pelvic floor can function better. It can heal. You have less issues with cramps and clots. Your cycle flows the way that it should. Just as a review, if you have missed the last few episodes that we've done since the beginning of this season that talks about what your cycle is doing and a deeper dive into each of the phases of the cycle, please go check those episodes out because understanding that is really, really important. Heat is an underlying key to the success of every single one of those phases. Heat is one of the driving components of your entire luteal phase. So when people are tracking their basal temperatures, when they're getting numbers that are in the 96s and low 97s, there isn't enough constitutional heat in the system. So I invite you to take a look at your basal temperature how you handle cold throughout your month because you're going to notice you're more susceptible to cold during your bleeding days because you are losing blood. You're the coolant that helps to regulate your core temperature during that time frame. This is why proper period care advocates for scarves and keeping everything warm and protecting against wind. The same way that you dress yourself to go outside to protect against a cold winter day is the same premise as how you should be dressing yourself during your period. I did a TikTok video a little while back and I got tons and tons of comments and interactions with it because I was complaining about crop tops and where the heck the rest of my shirt went. 
And because it's true right now, we have this like fashion trend that, you know, everything is cropped and short and it leaves our abdomen and our uterine area exposed. And so in it, I was making a joke about, well, where the hell did the rest of my shirt go? I want it back because I don't want period cramps. And it's really true, like how we dress ourselves during that time frame. Like even when I wear dresses in the middle of the summer, I will have a long dress to prevent against draft or I'll wear capris instead of super short shorts in order to prevent draft. Like cold entering the body for women is super problematic. So let's take it to an extreme like an ice bath. And now you're like setting yourself up for some serious issues later on down the road. So warmth is the name of the game. And I'm not just saying that because I'm in the Northern Hemisphere and it is cold right now. (laughs) I'm saying that because even when it's hot in the middle of the summer, finding ways to maintain appropriate movement of blood and chi in the body and regulating your temperature in an appropriate way. So again, that super hot day in the middle of the summertime, I'm thinking about some of my clients in Texas, for example, you know, they're oftentimes asking me questions about air conditioning. How do I manage my air conditioning? Because it's hotter than the hinges outside but I'm feeling drafty and cold with the air conditioner inside. Well, the way to create balance with that is set your AC 77 to 80 degrees. That sounds crazy for some people, but it's closer to your body temperature. So your body isn't being shocked and rocked in any direction. It's cooling you down enough that there's a big enough temperature difference between outside and inside. But it's not so cold inside that your body is struggling to warm up enough or maintain warmth to where your body temperature is supposed to sit. So even in the summertime, extreme air conditioning can cause damage in your system, can open the door or bust open the door. I get this visual of the Kool-Aid man kicking the, maybe I'm dating myself here, but, you know, kicking the door open and that kind of explosive difference between your core temperature, your body temperature and the environment around you, those kinds of extremes are super hard on bleeding bodies. So I invite you to challenge this trend around ice baths because you can get a lot of the same restorative repair kinds of actions in your system through heat and proper circulation that don't wreak havoc on your period or any of the phases of your menstrual cycle so that you are less symptomatic. You feel better. You have more energy. Your immune system isn't challenged. So ice baths are not a really great thing. And, you know, I invite you to join us in the Reproductive Rebel podcast listeners group on Facebook. It's free. Let me know what you think about this episode and this advice and 
whether you think I'm crazy or not, I totally invite conversation around this. I absolutely can back up why I am making this assertion, but I would love to have a conversation about it. So feel free to join us in that group. It's a great opportunity to join other people who are interested in this topic, looking to improve the performance of their cycle, the way they're showing up, their athletic prowess, all those kinds of things. And if you are at all puzzled about any of the period care aspects or the basics around your cycle, then check out the Dow of Women Institute. In the show notes, I'm going to include links for Body Basics, which is the course that everyone should start with, but also the period care course because that is a really great place to learn how to care for a bleeding body. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Reproductive Rebel. Reproductive Rebel is recorded by certified peristeam hydrotherapist, herbalist, sound healer, and Chinese nutritional therapist, Adrian Irizari of Moon Essence, LLC. If you are interested in setting up an appointment with Adrian for one-on-one support, ordering from our store, or checking out our course offerings, visit our website at moonessence.life. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter to get insider information on upcoming events and offerings. Join the conversation. Like us and follow Moon Essence Me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Your voices make this program possible. Thank you all for your continued support.